Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the Senate relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. Hey, my name is Steve Sex and I want to thank you for joining us today. We have a wonderful show. I want to thank you for sharing with your friends and family, checking us out on YouTube, Google Play and all the streaming sites. We're actually on 150 of them, which is really crazy. Last week, All the way from Australia, we had Tristan Wright. He's the CEO and founder of Evolve to Grow. Now, he's a business that helps business owners have more time and freedom with themselves as well as find a way to grow their business. He was definitely the business surfer. We're glad he was part of our show. This week, we have something special. It's nutrition on a budget. We have Shannon Dentith. It's more like healthy eating on a budget, which is much more important than nutrition. Shannon's a master certified health coach, owner of E&E Health Coaching. She also has been a school psychologist for the last 17 years. She's worked in office settings to help people overcome frequent sitting, job stress, office treatment temptations, and helping people give energy to what they do in and outside the workforce. And especially she's helped a lot of people lose 10 pounds or more. I have my wife going, yay, I'm up for that. With that, I want to welcome Shannon to the show. Shannon Dentiste, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. I'm so happy to be here today. We're really excited to be here today. What a lot of people don't realize is 86% of our audience is female between the ages of 45 and 55. And we try and find the topics that fit. And when I saw yours, I'm like, oh my God, she's the girl. Uh, (laughs) So one of the big things is this, could you kind of help us, you know, a lot of people have issues with grocery shopping, how to go about doing the best way to buy things and so on. Could you just walk us through some of the best tips that people can have for how do we grocery shop without buying all the crappy stuff? Sure. Easier said than done, right? (laughs) Well, it always is. (laughs) Today, if it's okay with you, I'd like to walk you through how to plan before shopping, what to look for when you're in the store and what to do when you get home. So I think before we even get started with that, it's important when we're thinking about healthy eating establishing our why or our purpose for healthy eating in the first place. Because if we don't know that, it will be harder for us to think, well, I really need to you know, incorporate this into my budget. I really need to rework my budget for healthy eating. So is it to gain more energy? Is it to be able to be a good role model for your kids to prevent disease? Whatever it is, it's really important to have that in the back of your mind So that, again, you can make this an important part of your life, the healthy eating part. Some people say, hey, if I'm going to eat healthy, it's going to be a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's just a myth. I actually had colon cancer like 15, 16 years ago, but I, I eat really healthy. And comparative to a lot of my friends, I find out I'm actually spending maybe a little bit more and sometimes less than they actually do. 
Could you help people understand that? Yeah, for sure. So there was actually a study conducted by Harvard School of Public Health back in 2013. And at that point, they suggested that healthy diets cost on average $1.50 more per day compared to unhealthy diets. And when we look at today, 2013, that was almost 10 years ago, correct? And with inflation and everything, if we round that up to about $2 a day, that would be about $60 per month. And um, so that does add up to be more. You're right. It's more expensive. But we look at other things, too. We hope that by eating healthier, we will prevent disease. We maybe can prevent things like diabetes where we don't have to pay for insulin and that kind of thing. Um, maybe cut back on insurance costs with life insurance, because we know that generally your costs can be more for life insurance if you have some health conditions. Picking what you want to spend your money on. And I want to be sensitive to people who are really going through financial struggles right now. There's people that they really can't afford anymore. And do what you can, even if you can make one of your meals a little bit healthier, that's going to help you in the long run. It's just small steps that you can take. And again, just do what you can. Because I know there's a lot of people that are really struggling financially right now. Healthy eating is significant. But I've also found when when I had the colon cancer and all that stuff, when I finished all my chemo treatments, I kind of ate everything in the world. And I went from like 190 to like 230 pounds inside of like three months. And I said, okay, I got to wind this back a little bit. But one of the things that in the last couple of years, I found that, you know, I had people buy prepackaged salads mm-hmm. at four bucks each, and they might buy five of them during the week. That's $20. And I found out that if I buy a, a three pack of romaine lettuce and the seeds and whatever else I want with the dressing, it's mm-hmm. actually less expensive than that. Mm-hmm. And it's healthier. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that or we live in a convenient society where everything's all set up and wrapped up for you. And that typically costs more and we pay a premium for that. But are you seeing stuff like that? Yeah, I really think you have to make a comparison. You can't just always assume that something is going to be more expensive. I think a lot of times when you go to the grocery store, they have those stickers that compare per ounce. Those are really important to look at because buying bigger doesn't always equate to cheaper. And also when we look at prepackaged things, like you mentioned, maybe you buy a package of vegetables that are already cut up. If we look at that and we use that to prepare our meals and it's keeping us from eating out instead because it's saving us a little bit of time and a little bit less hassle, you're probably saving money in the long run anyway because you're not eating out. You're still eating at home. So maybe you'll buy the vegetables that are chopped up, but you'll still cook the whole chicken in your slow cooker or something like that. Since we're talking about stores and what to buy, let's talk about some tips for planning before you go to the store. You have some things like uh, when planning, look for overlapping ingredients. Mm -hmm. I've never thought of that before in my life. Something new we learn every day, right? So I think the reason it's important to look for overlapping ingredients and five ingredients or less, even if you can, is because you're going to, A, possibly avoid some of those obscure ingredients that you might only need for one recipe and then the rest of it goes to waste, right? We've all seen recipes like that. It also helps you to make sure that what you buy doesn't go to waste. So you might only need part of a head of lettuce for one recipe, but then you might be able to use the rest of it for a different recipe. So then 
the half that you didn't use originally will not go to waste. The good way to plan for that is to look at websites like Taste of Home is a good example of one that has a database that you can type in ingredients that you're looking for or ingredients that you want to avoid. So that's a good place to look and find recipes that have common ingredients. There's a couple of apps that I've seen too. I haven't personally used them, but there's ones like Supercook or Tasty that I have read do about the same thing where they'll help you find certain ingredients. Um, And really, you could use that, too, if you have leftovers in your refrigerator and you're like, well, I have, you know, celery and I have some fish that I need to eat up or, you know, something like that. You can type in different um, ideas to make sure you're using up what you already have as well. We like to plan like three or four meals in advance. So how do you go about planning when you're doing the shopping, when you're looking at three or four meals as opposed to just trying to pick out what you think you might need? Well, again, I think using um, like a website or an app and trying to overlap those recipes, like if you type in on Taste of Home, see quinoa, green pepper, bacon, chicken, I don't know what the fifth ingredient, but you type all those in and it should pull up some recipes for you. So then you can say, ah, you know, maybe I want to make this that shares these five common ingredients and then maybe I want to make that as well. And that will use up the rest of my supply of what I buy. When should people be looking at sales ads, getting discounts, all that kind of stuff before they do shopping? I think that's great to look at sales ads. And I know that there are certain stores that will have, if you're of age, um, senior discount days and that kind of thing. It's good to use that to plan. You could look at ingredients and say, oh, cherries are on sale this week or um, a roast beef um, roast that I could stick in the slow cooker is on sale and plan your meals around that. I think that's fine. I think one thing to be cautious of is if you are just buying things on sale because they're on sale, right? (laughs) And we're all guilty of that at some point, right? I used to do that with clothing. Just, you know, do I necessarily need it? No, but it was a good deal. So I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's important to look at those things again. And keeping in mind, we talked about earlier, looking at the ounces. So just because it's bigger and it's on sale doesn't necessarily mean it's cheaper. Go back and look at those labels per ounce and see what the actual cost per ounce is. So, hey, look, we're going to have to take a break. And everybody, you want to stick with us. We have more Shannon Dentise. She's going to be talking to us about healthy living on a budget. So stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. 
Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. I truly thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends, family, and associates know about the show. Hey, all the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you'll never miss a show. And check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Networks, all these networks are dedicated to empowering you to uplift your spirit, live a life of financial and personal freedom. Now, if you want to check out the behind the scenes, you can always go to Saving with Steve Sexton, get guest gifts, the whole shot. So we're back with Shannon Denti. Shannon, again, thanks for being part of the show. We've been talking about healthy eating on a budget. Now I'd really like to get into, you're in the store. I, I'm a power shopper. So I make my list. I go get it. I'm out. My wife hates it because she thinks she should walk up and down the aisle and check out everything. And that doesn't work for me because I don't have the patience, but it does save me money because my wife goes shopping. It's far more expensive. So what I'd like to do, let's talk about healthy, you know, eating on a budget and the tips are in the store, but also tips when you get home. Okay. Yes. I would love to talk about that. You're right. I think shopping with intention is so important because it's when we stick to our list, we're less likely to walk through all the different aisles and think, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that's on sale. I think I'll try that. Um, You're shopping with intention and you're less likely to get distracted with other purchases. So that's a good idea, Steve. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Another question that often comes up is whether or not to buy organic versus conventional grown produce. And we know that organic produce can be really expensive to buy, but if that's important to you to reduce pesticides in your diet, what I usually recommend is there's a list that changes. It's updated every year. It's called the Dirty 15 Produce List that an organization called EWG puts out. And what that does is it lists the 15 produce items that have the most pesticide residue on them. So those are the ones that if you can to buy those organic, that's the best. And actually, I was listening to a podcast last week, and they were talking about if you can stick your thumbnail into a piece of produce, it's more susceptible to the pesticides and you're more likely to ingest it. So I thought that was a good rule of thumb. No pun intended there, but so like harder things like um, mangoes or pineapple, something like the really tough skin, those Mm -hmm. are more okay to buy conventionally. Obviously, if you buy conventional fruits and vegetables, that's way better than not eating fruits and vegetables. So I say go for it. What's the tips for when you're looking at frozen vegetables? Um, Frozen vegetables, I would say if you are going to go between canned or frozen, frozen is a good option to go. You're still saving a lot of money over fresh. And oftentimes the frozen vegetables and fruits are harvested pretty quickly and then frozen. So you're still maintaining nutrients that vegetables in canned goods don't often have. So I think that's a good, you know, if you're looking to save some money, mm-hmm. again, um, checking the prices and the ounces, but oftentimes, especially with fruits and vegetables out of season, it's best to buy frozen. A lot of times you'll save money, but if they're in season, you can sometimes find some really good deals on fresh produce too. Well, in the last couple of years, we've seen the significant increase in meat prices. Mm-hmm. So what's the options there? One thing that I like to do, there's a lot of recipes that I like that have ground sirloin or ground beef in them. 
but I try to limit my red meat intake as well. So something I do that cuts costs as well as that is using half ground turkey and half ground beef. So what you can do is if you're not going to use it all at once, just cook the pound of ground beef with a pound of ground turkey and then just cut it in half. And you can always put half of it in the freezer to use later for spaghetti sauce or whatever you want to use it for later. But I really don't taste a difference when you have the ground beef mixed in with the ground turkey. You really can't tell a difference. So as long as you spice um, it up, you're good. That's um, yeah. So one of the things that I noticed when I was looking at all your information, it says, what should we be cautious when there's a sale? What should be cautious of sales? What, what's the big thing that we should know? First, ask yourself, is this something I really need? Is it something I'm really <laughs> going to use? Or am I buying it just because it's a sales impulse? But then also looking at the expiration date, pretty much everything in the grocery store has an expiration date on it. Sometimes it's really faint printed and you have to look very closely, but you should be able to find an expiration date on it and ask yourself, realistically, am I going to be able to work my way through this product before it expires? Well, I think those are really important things to look at, especially when grocery stores are trying to move their products. If something's close to an expiration date, it would make sense that they put it on sale, right? So Mm -hmm. just something to be aware of. We've done all the shopping at the store. What about the tips for when you bring everything home? One thing to be thoughtful of, and I don't think a lot of people think about this. If you have, let's say, a bag of apples that you bought a day or two ago, and they start going bad right away, you know, the day or two after you bought it, it's okay to save your receipt and bring those back. Because things like apples should not be going bad that quickly unless you have them in your hot car or something like that. But just be mindful of that. Like if something is just spoiling way faster than what it should, it's okay to bring that back to the grocery store. And most stores will honor that and give you replacement or your money back. I actually, I was at a friend's house and they had just bought a salad and the the lettuce was brown and stuff like that. And I don't think they Mm -hmm. even realized it. And all they did was just throw it away. And they're like, oh, forget it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't know I can return that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, you know, if somebody's like a juice drinker, mm-hmm. you know, is there, you know, is there something they should be thinking about, especially if they want to be healthy on a budget? Well, this is good for your kids too, because there's a lot of kids that love juice and they drink a lot of it. Start adding some water to it. You can add just a little bit of a time until you build up more of a taste where you're at, you're doing maybe half and half, half water and half juice, and you won't really notice it. It's also good to cut down on the sugar too, because juice, a lot of people think of it as a healthy drink but it really doesn't have the fiber in it. It's got natural sugar in it, but it can bump up your glucose or your blood sugar level. So adding some water can help with that and also saves your cost on buying juice as well. What are the tips for the freezer? Ah, the freezer. I have one of those chest freezers where things go and they just disappear in there. And then you find them a year later. (laughs) What? What's this? No, make sure that you have some kind of a system. Um, Deep freezers are great or even the freezer on your refrigerator. But keeping a list somewhere, whether it's on your phone or old fashioned tape to the front of your freezer or whatever it is, so you can keep track of what you have. Because otherwise, you're going to waste a lot of money by thinking, oh, I'll just freeze this and use this later. When year comes, you forgot about it and you have to throw it away. Now, what I'd like to do is uh, focus a little bit about your coaching, eating health coaching. Tell us a little bit about that. I know you're a master certified health coach, 
you know, you're a psychologist, so mm-hmm. you've got a lot of education behind you. So tell us how you go about helping people. Well, I like to compare my health coaching as driving with a GPS instead of just winging it and not really having a direction. So sure, anyone can look up how to eat healthy, um, how to get more movement into their day, how to combat stress online. Anyone can read books about that. But I actually save you time and money in the long run because I have proven strategies to help you get there. I can help you see detours that you might not know are coming because I'm experienced in this area. Um, I can help you take a look back at things that maybe didn't go well in the past and try to figure out how you can learn from that and move forward in a better direction. So it's really, um, it's not just telling people what to do. It's looking at um, thoughts that are maybe holding you back. It's helping you overcome um, obstacles maybe that you have in your mind. Like I'm not good enough. I'm never going to succeed. It's really a very helpful tool. And what I would say for anyone that's contemplating, like, I don't know, is health coaching the right thing for me? I do offer free consultations so we can talk and um, I can get you started with a couple tips right off the bat. And then if it makes sense to work with me, we can go from there. That's wonderful. So how can people get a hold of you, Shannon? Well, I am on several social media platforms. The big one, I'm on Instagram, and that's just my first and last name smushed together. So Shannon Dentice, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-D-E-N-T-I-C-E. That's on Instagram. Um, I do have a private Facebook group, especially for women. I know you said a lot of your audience members are women, and it's called Workplace Women, Losing Weight and Stress to Increase Energy. And so I do offer a lot of tips and support for people on there as well. Otherwise, if you Google e Health Coaching, you'll find my website and all my contact information is on there as well. Shannon, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, if you'd like to get a hold of Shannon, you can go to Eni Health Coaching on the web. And again, everybody, this is Shannon Denti. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and information with us. I know it'll make the day of a lot of people who have been looking forward to this episode. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll have you back in the future. So I want to thank you for joining us and you have a wonderful day. Hey, folks, this is Steve Sags. And again, we're talking about ins and outs of money. Uh, We're going to be right back in just a few moments. Got to pay some bills. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Steve Sexton. 
Welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. I want to send a special thanks to our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, AMF and 247, and all the others that share the Saving with Steve show throughout the United States and the rest of the world. Now, the next segment is talking about the three biggest retirement risks. First, longevity, inflation, and market risk. I'm going over the risks and give you some things you need to consider implementing. Make sure you review any changes with a financial professional. This is key because when people get to pre-retirement retirement, they're actually investing for a new stage of life because when you're 20, 30, and 40, it's really about accumulation. When you get a couple of years before you retire, it's about preservation and distribution of your assets so they last as long as you do. So it's about setting up your own defined benefit plan to make sure you have the income there so you don't have to worry about that. And then obviously you have other investments. So let's talk about longevity. It's really the risk of outliving your money. Economists and advisors, they talk about longevity all the time, but most retirees and pre-retirees just don't. You need to pay living expenses for all those years you're living with annual expense increases for medical and long-term care. A healthy 65-year-old man has a 22-year life expectancy, meaning he has a 50% probability of living to the age of 87. For healthy females age 65 or older, they have an expectancy to live two to four years longer. A married couple, 65 or older, has a 75% probability that one spouse will live to the age of 88, a 50% probability that one spouse will live to 93, and a 25% probability that one spouse will live to the age of 98. Next is inflation. Even with relatively low inflation prior to a few years ago, purchasing power dollar declines over time. So think about that statement. 1972, a stamp was 21 cents. Today, it's 52. If you had $100,000 in a CD earning 1%, last year, you can buy $100,000 worth of stuff. Because of a 7% inflation, your, 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 your $100,000 can only purchase 94. That's purchasing power. The expenses that increase over time are typically medical. The consumer price index typically averages a 3% increase over time. Medical averages a 5% over time. The cost of most goods and services you purchase will rise over time. You need to increase your income as well as to maintain your retirement lifestyle. And, you know, the third one is market declines. It's a big risk. Most retirees will be comfortable as long as they earn the historical long-term average rates of return. Problem is bear markets in the future happening in the first couple of years when they retire or when they're about to retire are troublesome. Why? If you look at 2008, you look at 1999-2000 with the tech and, and, and the housing bubble, you know what, a 38% drop in the market really takes a dent into somebody's retirement. In fact, many people had the joy of a 38% drop. The reality is they would prefer not to. So you have to look at ways of how to deal with that. What can you do? First of all, make sure you maximize Social Security. Only about 4% of Americans optimize their Social Security. Most people leave tens of thousands of dollars on a table, by the way, also reducing their lifestyle benefits. You know what? According to CNBC, they did a study with an economist out of Boston University, indicated three, four trillion dollars just went out the door in Social Security because pe- 
took their benefits at the wrong time. In fact, that study also showed that he got the operations manual for Social Security, and in this case, they can't give you advice. And if they slipped up and did, that advice used resulted benefits that were lower 50% of the time. So you want to make sure you maximize your benefits in the context of your retirement. Do not take too much from your investments. Make sure your withdrawal rates enable you to, to withdraw even with market volatility that lasts for the rest of your life. Consider annuities either to reduce your risk in the portfolio or to create a guaranteed income that will adjust with inflation as long as you live. Now, I'm going to spend a second on that subject. Here's the biggie. Think about it like this. If you can guarantee your income inflation adjusted like a defined benefit plan and then have a whole bunch of money sitting in the market that'll grow and the market goes down like it has been, you don't have to worry about your income. You just wait for it to recover. Others consider having a two-bucket strategy, like a 60-40 risk for safe bucket, withdrawing from the risk bucket when the market is performing, and when the market is declining, withdraw from the safe bucket allows the risk bucket to recover. Hey, that's a wonderful strategy. Again, before you look at different strategies, make sure you sit down with your financial advisor to make sure that strategy is best for you. Unexpected medical increases or long-term care costs, consider supplementing your coverage through Medigap or Medicare Advantage plans, budget for long-term care costs, even if you don't need home health care. Consider planning for some type of assisted living as well. Protecting against long-term care expenses by either obtaining a long-term care coverage, long-term care life insurance policy that covers long-term care, or an annuity that has long-term care benefits. And last but not least, get a trust. Make sure you have your wishes in writing, get a will or trust, and a health care directive. Now, folks, I want to thank you all for joining us here on Saving with Steve. We want to give you our best advice for helping you save money, improve your lifestyle, and live a life of financial and personal freedom. With that, I want to thank you for joining us right here on Saving with Steve. We'll look forward to seeing you next time right here. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us. I appreciate you sharing us with your friends, your family, your associates. We've expanded throughout the United States. We're international, so we're very, very happy with that. Last week, we had Shannon Dentich educate us on how to eat healthy on a budget. 
We had a large number of people providing wonderful feedback on that episode. If you miss Shannon Dentees on how to eat healthy on a budget, just go to savingwithsteve.us and look for episode 85. You can see all other 85 episodes there. They're there for you. You can get guest gifts, see background information, the whole shot. I'm going to be talking on how to achieve a happy retirement. So let's go do that before we jump in with Dr. Joan Rosenberg. She's got this wonderful book called 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feeling to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, authenticity. I can't wait for her to be in the show, but let's go ahead and move forward to how to achieve a happy retirement. Retirement. As someone who specializes in helping people financially prepare for retirement, here are some practical tips I've shared with my clients in the past. The more financially secure you are in retirement, the more stress-free your retirement years will be. If you've taken the steps to prepare yourself financially for retirement, this means you've saved enough money during the working years to be comfortable in your golden years, Key here is to start saving as early as possible and aim to have your mortgage fully paid off before retirement. If you're able to diversify your sources of retirement income, even better. This could be from your investments, rental income, part-time work, social security, and more. When it comes to investing, think of your golden years as the time to invest for income, not growth, which can be risky for your finances and retirement. And we've seen that as of late. Lastly, it's important to regularly check in on your finances in retirement to ensure everything's on track. That means sit down with a financial professional if you aren't already one. Next, prioritize your health. Health problems in old age will hinder your ability to enjoy your retirement. So caring for your body through proper nutrition, fitness, good sleep, and regular doctor visits is even more important during this time. Focus on as much as you can on preventative care. It's much easier to prevent the illness than treat it. As part of your retirement financial plan, you should budget enough money for wellness Extra doctor visits just increase. Next, create a daily routine and stick to it. It can be difficult to transition from working a nine to five the majority of your life to suddenly have a lot of free time. Creating a daily routine helps you to ground you in retirement and prevent feelings of helplessness, boredom, or unproductivity. Remember, you now have the privilege to create an identity and schedule outside of work that benefited you and your interests. Take advantage of it. Whatever it's making more time for friendships, hobbies you already love, personal wellness, make room in your routine for things that energize you and bring you joy, family, friends, concerts, all those things you wanted to do. This is that time. Now, that said, don't be afraid to try new things. Just as important as establish your routine and, and trying new things in retirement, as we get older, it's easy to lose initiative and feel too comfortable in your comfort zone, which can lead to lethargy feelings of depression and anxiety. Whether it's learning a new skill, traveling somewhere new, or meeting new people, try new things to help keep your mind and spirit sharp in old age. I have couples that what they do is they go look on Groupon or some other activity website and look for something new. And they try one thing new every single month. They've been to cooking classes, day trips, travel things, new hobbies, new skills to develop, swimming, they got into the martial, all sorts of stuff but it's kept them active and healthy for most of their life. And oh, by the way, those people are 95 years old and still kicking. So could you. So, hey, look, I want to thank you for joining us here on Staving with Steve. It's our short segment. Each and every week, I'm going to bring you something where I'm going to give you my best advice to help you retire smarter. With that, we're going to move on to our next segment. We're going to be talking with Dr. Rosenberg. We're going to be talking to her about a Rosenberg Reset 
And you're gonna to wanna to stick around for that because there's some wonderful tools that you can take to heart. And then we're gonna talk about how you can connect with Dr. Rosenberg as well as obtain her book. So stick with us. We're gonna be right back with more Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything on the sun relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. I want to encourage you to connect with our affiliates, uh, UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, AMFM 247, Talk Radio in New York City, as well as AMFM 360 TV, which is our new connection with us. They're all dedicated to helping you live a life of financial and personal freedom. If you'd like to see more episodes, you can go to savingwithsteve.us. Or if you want to just follow us on Facebook, go to Saving with Steve Sexton. And we'll look forward to seeing you there. Now, for our guests today, I want you to think about this. How would you like a roadmap for understanding how to spot, understand your emotions, identify, overcome the distractions, release your anxiety, resolve faulty thinking, and negative self-talk, speak your truth, move through grief, up-level your confidence and resilience. All these can become possible when you consciously ride through your emotional wave and gain the confidence that you can handle whatever comes your way. Our guest, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, cutting-edge psychologist, public speaker, has been seen on CNN, American Morning Show, and many other TV and radio appearances. She is a, a professor at my alma mater, Pepperdine University, and has written a groundbreaking international best-selling book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity. Dr. Rosenberg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a treat. You know what? We're very, very, very excited to have you here today. I just want you to know that. Um, I know there's a number of my wife's friends that are actually watching and listening right now. And they'll probably listen to this a few times. Um, by the way, my wife did steal your book for me. So I actually, <laughs> so just saying, didn't get to read the whole thing. Oh, no, I love this book. That's the news to my ears. So <laughs> now you've had 40 years as a psychologist. And I'm just curious, what got you into psychology? What got me into psychology? Probably a natural drift. It was, it was probably, it was a natural kind of lean into for me. I, the truth is I actually wanted to be an outward bound instructor. And if you're familiar with outward bound, outward bound is the outdoor experiential program that uses nature as a medium for personal growth. So even in my teens, I was interested in personal growth. And, and so instead of, I never, that never really occurred for me in terms of, I mean, I did programs of that, but I didn't ever go that 
to do that full time. So the way I like to look at it is instead of going outward bound, I went inward bound. But the tendency or the trend for me was always toward a very, very strong interest in personal growth. Oh, well, that's cool. You know, it sounds like you've had that passion since you were young. So that's wonderful. The book is great. I mean, obviously I haven't read it, but my wife's enthralled in it. So it's got to be great because she doesn't read stuff and continue to read it. And one of the things I wanted to do just really quick is there's hundreds of reviews on your book on Amazon. Uh One of them, it just says the book helps you. Number one, realize when you're running away from your true emotions, face your difficult emotions, you know, riding the wave and choose to live a life full of meaning and intention. And one of the things that really got me is this happens to me sometimes. The person says, I never would have bought the book with this title. if Someone didn't recommend it to me. I'm so glad I bought it. I dealt with anxiety and depression for as long as I can remember. Rooting those issues in my inability to deal with unpleasant emotions was something I never considered. I've been practicing her reset for the past month and my life has changed. And the last one says, those simple truths are the most profound. When you are in unpleasant emotions that can feel overwhelming, recognize that they only last 90 seconds makes them feel manageable. This book makes me more brave more empathetic by reframing what and so many of us try to avoid. And and just those references are big because people are getting a lot out of this. And many people are dealing with anxiety, depression, all sorts of emotions. They just don't know how to deal with. And a lot of it just comes from people not speaking their truth. And I'd like you to talk about the signs that people should come to realize when they're not speaking their truth. Could you start there? Yeah, absolutely. And I want you to understand that difficulty speaking up is not a speaking problem. Difficulty speaking up is a difficulty with unpleasant feeling problem. It really is, again, centered in the unpleasant feelings that I talk about. I name a variety of different kinds of things and have a list of that in the book. So some of them include things like you're concerned that people are going to laugh at you so you don't speak up or you hold your opinion back. You have things kind of swirling in your head, but you don't say anything. You might have the experience of feeling trapped. And really what I like to think of in terms of this idea of feeling trapped, it's not that you're trapped in a situation. It's that more often than not, your words are trapped in you. And so that that's part of a sign that you're not speaking up. You don't ask for help or that when you start to speak up, you get into this kind of what a friend of mine calls kind of that sweaty experience, the sweaty conversation that your heart races, your breathing is more shallow, you get start to get anxious, what people would describe as anxious and panicky. So that's happening when you try to speak up. Or you don't share things that are important to you, you don't share those with others. So there's a whole wide array of things that we do to not speak up. That's just like five or six different things right there in terms of signals to me that someone is having difficulty saying what they want to say. That's interesting because regardless of whether you're like in high school, your whole life. I just recognize times where I did those things. <laughs> of course, it's totally human stuff to do. Well, you know, I kind of quit. I'm just thinking to myself, when my wife was young with the two kids, they were, she was at a mom's group. And the funny thing about it is one of the kids' mom was talking about, you know, why her kid was freaked out. Their kids was somewhere wrong with her kid because she was eating crayons. And the other moms go, oh, no, mine does that too. And they're like, oh, good. <laughs> you know? So I was just thinking of this, like there's so many people listening going, oh, wow, somebody gets me. I- I've been through that too. Absolutely. So what I want people to understand, and the reason I'm able to describe it is because so many people do it, right? Or somebody might give you a compliment and you go, no, they want to tell you what a kind of cool or neat person that you are. And you go, no, 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 no. And have the thought in your head, if you really knew me, you'd never say that. 
right? It's another example that you're not speaking up. You're not being authentic and, and letting people know who you really are. Like I said, I think there's 17 or 18 different things that I list off that people can identify to your point. They can identify themselves as having this kind of a challenge. Wow. I just, <laughs> just thought of that one too. You know, that happens to a lot of people. We all, you know, whatever, since I was little, I had that issue when people gave me a compliment. <laughs> You're diagnosing me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm, uh, off, I'm off duty in that way. We're good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, one of the things that you talk about in your book are new strategies for moving through and beyond grief, particularly disguised grief. Right. Could you help us understand what disguised grief is? Absolutely. What I found is I did the work of psychotherapy with clients that more often than not, if they were stayed with me long term, I began to understand that psychotherapy was a grieving process. And that there were a lot of things that kind of went unnoticed. So the way to understand disguised grief, it's the grief, if you will, about the gap between what we dreamed of, what we wanted, what we desired, what we needed, and what we really got. So in that is disguised grief. But a couple of different things to kind of parse out here. I think of grief, generally speaking, as comprised of at least four feelings. And the four feelings are sadness, helplessness, anger, and disappointment. So if someone is experiencing any one of those individually or some combination collectively, they're grieving. Again, we don't necessarily think of sadness as, oh, I'm grieving, or disappointment as I'm grieving, or anger as I'm grieving. But that's the way I think of it, that some measure of that is grief, or we can call it grief. and. The disguised grief for me is known in two, I would say, kind of two major ways. One is what I call through grief signal words. So what are grief signal words? They're words like bitterness, holding grudges, desire for revenge, jealousy, envy, pessimism, cynicism, sarcasm sometimes is, longstanding hurts. I mean, it's a long list. And so that underneath those words, think of jealousy as disguised grief, because underneath it is some probably some sadness, helplessness, anger, or disappointment. Or the same with bitterness or resentment. Underneath is one of those four, one or more of those four feelings. So it's almost like, and, and I'm just paraphrasing, tell me if I get this wrong, but I work with somebody who lost their husband early. Right. And I would say for six, seven years of me knowing her, I think she was still upset at him for passing away. The fact that she didn't used to handle the business, he handled it all and it all got dumped on her. She's upset at that as well. And because she had to jump right into dealing with all that, I don't think she ever got to deal with this passing. Absolutely. All lots, those things- lots of grief there. And yeah. and that could happen if you had a situation where you got taken advantage of, whether it be financially or somewhere else, or even when you're little, maybe you got passed over for that promotion or somebody submarines you at the office and you still got to work there, but you got to deal with all that stuff. Right. So that's one way of knowing. So that those the grief signal words is one way of knowing to the, to what you're starting to describe there's, I also use five other categories to help someone understand disguised grief. 
for me, it's the categories of grieving over what you got and didn't deserve. So that might be the bad stuff. That might be um, growing up in a chaotic or an abusive home or a neglectful home. It's grieving over what you deserved and didn't get. So that might be missing the nurturance, the ongoing praise, the compliments, the fair-mindedness, all that kind of stuff, support, and nobody showing up for your meets or your competitions. Or It's grieving over what never was, meaning kind of the facts and circumstances of your early life, and in this case, probably missed opportunities. It's grieving over what is not now. Uh, same thing, facts and circumstances of, of the, your current life. And then the last one is grieving over what may never be. So that the, the person who lost her husband early probably had many layers of grief. Wow. <laughs> I'm just here taking it all in thinking, wow. Yeah. Now, we're going to have to take a quick break here. Got to pay some bills. We're going to be right back with Dr. Rosenberg. We're going to be talking to her about a Rosenberg reset. You're going to want to stick around for that because there's some wonderful tools that you can take to heart. And then we're going to talk about how you can connect with Dr. Rosenberg as well as obtain her book. So stick with us. We're going to be right back with more Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything on the sun relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. I want to encourage you to connect with our affiliates, UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, AMFM 247, Talk Radio in New York City, as well as uh, AMFM 360 TV, which is our new connection with us. They're all dedicated to helping you live a life of financial and personal freedom. If you'd like to go to see more episodes, you can go to savingwithsteve.us uh, or you, if you want to just follow us on Facebook, go to Saving with Steve Sexton and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Now, we have more with Dr. Joan Rosenberg. We've been talking about 90 seconds to a life you love, how to master your difficult feelings to cultivate lasting confidence, resilience, and authenticity. Now, Dr. Rosenberg has a process she's used called the Rosenberg Reset. Okay, it's been trademarked. It's wonderful. You know, Dr. Rosenberg, could you tell us a little bit about it and then go into the five key steps for unleashing your confidence? Think of the Rosenberg Reset as the way to lean into unpleasant or difficult feelings. And the reset involves kind of a, think of it as a formula. One choice, eight feelings, 90 seconds. And the one choice, has to do with being aware of 
as opposed to avoiding your experience or avoiding your feelings. And most people handle pleasant feelings well. It's the unpleasant ones that they don't. So my focus is predominantly on the unpleasant feelings. But the key here is that I want somebody to be as aware of or in touch with as much of their moment-to-moment experience as possible, as opposed to distracting, like through social media, food, sex, porn, shopping, having feelings about having feelings, anxiety, harsh self-criticism, the list that I think have 35 different ways that we distract. So well, if you, you thought the other list was common, this one. <laughs> so when people don't deal with these feelings, yeah. and obviously they avoid them for a long time, these do end up creating health issues and other manifestations. Is that correct? Absolutely true. I watch people get back aches, stomach aches, different kinds of pains. They develop addictive problems like substance use or shopping or gambling or you name it it can go on and on. And so, yes. And so that it creates a number of other psychological problems. They increase the anxiety and then they also might come up with bodily complaints as opposed to dealing with the emotions. That's, that's really good to know. Cause you know, there's so many people doing the same thing. I love this. So the, so the one choice is leaning into the feeling, choosing into awareness as opposed to avoidance. I want you to be aware and in touch with what's going on. The second is the eight feelings. Now, the eight feelings I talk about all the time are sadness, shame, helplessness, anger, vulnerability, embarrassment, disappointment, and frustration. And the most common question I get is like, why these eight? And for me, it's because these eight feelings represent the kind of most common everyday spontaneous reactions to things not turning out the way we want or the way we believe they need to turn out. So it's this unpleasant or undesired emotional outcome. So we don't want, and that's what we would also identify as being hurt. Mm -hmm. If somebody hurt me, then I'm left feeling sad or disappointed or whatever it is. So it's really the everydayness of these feelings is why I chose them. And then the last part is the 90 seconds piece. And that's really the method, if you will, for leaning in. And what that involves is an understanding that one, that we're one interconnected whole. Our brain is always feeding information to our body. Our body is always feeding information to our brain. So we need to keep in mind that those aren't disparate things or connected. The second is to understand that most of us come to know what we feel emotionally through bodily sensation. So think about, for instance, uh, feeling embarrassed and you have heat, that heat sensation in your face. Somebody might see you red and flushed, but you're feeling heat. Heat is the bodily sensation. And what what I, and we can identify that for lots of other feelings too. So maybe sadness feels like a heaviness in the chest, but you have to stop and think about kind of how, what, and where you might experience feelings for yourself, what those bodily sensations are that help you know what you're feeling. But the key that this all turned on, there's two things, is realizing that it wasn't that we didn't want to feel the whole range of what we felt. What I realized is that we didn't want to feel the bodily sensation that helped us know what we were feeling emotionally. So that when people started to ignore unpleasant feelings or to shut down on them or distract from them, what they were trying to distract from was the bodily sensation that helped them know the feeling. The last part of it then, the 90 seconds part, is to understand that in order to lean into unpleasant feelings or pleasant ones for that matter too, it means you're going to be riding short-lived bodily sensation waves. 
So Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor talked about um, that when a feeling gets triggered, that there's this rush of biochemicals into the body, into the bloodstream that actually activate the bodily sensations we've been talking about. And those same biochemicals flush out of the bloodstream in roughly an upper limit of 90 seconds. So any given bodily sensation wave or any given feeling, emotional feeling then, is going to last to roughly an upper limit of 90 seconds. And most people will go, well, I can handle 90 seconds. Great. Now you can lean into your feelings. My, my emphasis then is kind of to think about the arc then of the Rosenberg reset. It's that if you can ride one or more, and I'll emphasize the more, one or more short-lived bodily sensation waves of one or more of eight unpleasant feelings, you can go pursue anything you want in life. Yeah, I think one of the big keys there is just to understand it only lasts for a short period of time. That's it. And for those people that are going, hey, when am I going to get over this? And they just keep it up in their head. And now there's a process where, hey, this is going to happen. I understand it's going to happen, but I understand it's only going to last this long. Right. I can deal with that. Right. Wow. <laughs> it's eye-opening. It is eye-opening. It's like once you realize that, you can then lean into unpleasant feelings. Now, there's a whole thing around ling- what people would describe as lingering feelings, too. Uh, well, they've lasted for decades. Well, actually, the feelings haven't lasted for decades. You are thinking or remembering certain experiences that it keep on activating that same loop is what is part of what's driving. So that's the triggers that they have. Yeah. So I think there's, I think I've identified at this point, um, I talk about three in the book, but I think I've identified at least five ways where we have the experience of lingering feelings. Wow. We've got about a minute and a half of our time left. Your book is currently on Amazon. I know it's an international best-selling book. It's on Kindle. It's on hardback. People can go there and get it. If somebody would like to reach out to you, how do they go about doing that? Well, the best thing is probably to go to my website, drjoanrosenberg.com. There's a contact sheet there so that they can reach out to me via that. Or if they want to follow me on Instagram and direct message me on Instagram, most of what and on all the social media platforms, it's pretty much Dr. Joan Rosenberg. You can find that on Instagram or Twitter or any of those kinds of places. And especially Instagram would probably get to me. So just one last thing, it just popped into my head. Would you recommend somebody who's dealing with emotions like this? you know, almost as a daily routine or rhythm, uh, like in the morning, do some sort of a 90 second reset or just do that when uh, emotion comes upon them. Do it when you notice the reaction. It doesn't have to be done separately. Just do it when you notice the reaction. And the key here would be to breathe into it. So you're noticing you're reacting to something happened. You got disappointed. You notice you're disappointed. Normally you back away. Instead, notice the disappointment, breathe into it. So you will actually allow yourself to experience the feeling, slow, deep breathing, not fast breathing, and then see if you can notice what the feeling is and what is attached to. And then if you have a little bit more time, you can actually go, gee, is there any pattern to this? What am I reacting to? What triggered me? And how do I want to make use of what I'm feeling? But do it when it happens. You don't have to necessarily practice it ahead of time. Dr. Rosenberg, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, And for everybody listening, you want to go out to Amazon the book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity. You definitely want to get the book. It'll make a difference in your life. Dr. Rosenberg, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your 
40 years worth of experience. And I wish you safety, healthiness, and prosperity. Thanks for joining us today. It's an honor. Thank you. All right. Dr. Rosenberg was wonderful. Again, I want to encourage you to reach out, go to Amazon, go to wherever you can, take a look at her book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master the Difficult Feelings to Cultivating Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity. Uh, Next week, we have Nicole Schaefer. She's a mixologist. She's going to talk to us about how to mix those wonderful cocktails. We're going to have some fun next week. Um, I want to look forward to seeing you next week right here on Saving with Steve. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.